Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Chargers, a post-Super Bowl 58 edition, and certainly for many Charger fans, it pains them to see the Chiefs cement themselves as a dynasty, three Super Bowl victories in five years, uh, four trips to the Super Bowl in those five years, and an opportunity to have perhaps the first ever three-peat in the history of the Super Bowl. Uh, but that is what is in front of Andy Reid, who said he is not retiring. He'll return. It's what's in front of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and and Lowe, a defense that was so young last year, won a Super Bowl, and you could see them take it to the next level this year. And it just uh, ultimately gives you a little bit of consternation knowing that, yeah, these, these are still kids that, that have yet to enter their prime. Uh, young men, I should say, that have yet to yeah. enter their prime that are <laughs> dominating on that side of the football to go with Patrick Mahomes playing offense for uh, for Kansas City. No question. I was out there this week and uh, being able just to take in the festivities. The NFL, I mean, I tell you, this Super Bowl, it's such an event. I mean, Matt, the streets were packed. I mean, things were hopping. Being able to Mandalay Bay down there at the media role, being able to see so many of the greats, great Ladanian, got to have dinner with LT, Ladanian nice. Thomas, and he and I and my son had dinner. And Orlowski, who plays on Kansas City, guy had a hell of a game. Look at his games, his numbers. Played up, bowler up, hammer down, shout out Purdue. Played with my son. It was interesting because my son, you know, doesn't play, shattered his, jacked up his knee. And just being able, you know, they're, they're talking during the week and just to see these kids that Kansas City brought in, like you said, these young men and a very young defense, but Spagnola. I mean, you, you look at what Spags has been able to do as a defensive coordinator. It, I've known Mahomes and Kelsey and what they were able to do. It's phenomenal. They're, those those two are going to go down as, you know, arguably one of the greatest tight end quarterback combos out there. Um, so it, it's we know that. That's unmutable. But what's Spags? I think that you should have cut that MVP trophy and you should have gave half to him and half to Mahomes because Spagnola, what he's done – and how he came after Purdy in the different ways they blitzed him off schedule, kept him off schedule, the things that he was able to do, and the way that his defense carried him this year wasn't like wasn't like Kansas City's offense just was lighting up the scoreboard. That defense, my goodness. I'll tell you what, Spags held the defense coordinator. Yeah, it just, you know, it's a cliche, but you know, just the turnovers and and obviously Kansas City had their share, an interception from Mahomes, a fumble by Pacheco, but the offense had nothing going, you know, and look, Steve Wilkes was was doing a number on Patrick Mahomes and, and that Kansas City offense, which had really struggled quite a bit this year compared to years past. But at the same time, you know, it's it's a muff punt. It's a it's about it's a bad bounce off. It's it's inches, right? They say when you think of a game of inches, you think about gaining, you know, the line to gain and, and getting a first down or getting a touchdown. Well, it's also the the maybe one inch of having a foot in the wrong place that led to a turnover, very next play touchdown, and now it's just like, you know, a shooter that zero for 11 gets that open layup, and now I saw it. Oh, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like. And and the offense, it's you know, ends up taking off from there. I know there's a lot of incoming for Kyle Shanahan. I, I would assume, I don't know, of the 32 teams, maybe 28 of them would line up to hire him as their head coach if he were made available. That's a little foolish he's to me. Not, he's not going anywhere. The, no. the overtime stuff is, you know, I think you could suggest was a little bit of a gaffe. And I think that's important to, to you know, I think it's an important teaching point for, for coaches moving forward. When you have Kyle Juszczyk and Eric Armstead saying they had no idea what the rules were 
in overtime. And and I know there's a reason why the odds looked like they did for whether or not you thought the game was going to go to overtime. It only happened one other time in the previous 57. But it's important to cover every single possible piece of situational football for every single game. And in the first ever Super Bowl where we had these new rules where a touchdown does not win the game, but each team gets a full possession, probably would have made a lot more sense to to defer and give yourself four downs instead of three uh, to get that touchdown if you had to match. So I think that's something maybe that that I would assume, you know, Jim Harbaugh and every coach around the league is going to use as a, as a teaching point. Hey, know the rules. <laughs> you know, we, we, we got to make sure we know the rules as a coaching staff, as players, so we know how to execute out there. And I think guys know the rule. They just got to reiterate. I remember, shoot, let's go back to our year. You know, you were there, you know, money where yeah. McCreek intercepts the ball. All he has to do is go down. The next week, in, in, in Indianapolis intercepts the ball, and they go down. So, so sometimes when you see a mistake by a team, it sounds the alarm, and then the coaches say, oh, my God, I'm glad that happened to them rather than us. And now guys are like, okay, dude, we know. Go down. Intercept the ball. No need to try. Just go down. You know, run the clock out. Don't Game's do it. Yeah. Game's over. So you've seen that. But for me, it's it's simple. I always tell people all the time, money, that offense counts as a third of the game. Defense counts as a third of the game. And special teams count as a third of the game. You look at special teams. You gave a muff punt. Even though, you know, the guy touched his leg. Oh, you pulled it just falling. A football is different than a basketball. I can roll a basketball. You rolls at you. You squat down. You pick it up. And you can put it away easy. A football, you roll it. It's going to bounce because it's not round. It's going right. to give you different angles. So when guys try to pick that ball up, you're taught to just cradle that thing like a baby, scoop, oh. bring it in your belly, just fall on it. And guys do that all the time. The moment gets too big, they go something goes and go high haywire in there, and they try to pick it up, and it usually doesn't turn out well. And But that right there, that's eight points. That's seven points. The missed extra point, that's eight points. So you're talking about a swing of eight points difference right there. So now – you're not playing from ahead. You're playing now even because now Kansas City, now at the end of that game, Kansas City has to go for the touchdown. You have a chance to win it and not even send it to overtime. So there were some definitely costly mistakes in spite of the defense letting them go down in overtime and dragging them to the field to win it in overtime to score. You didn't have to be in that situation if you just would have had your special teams buttoned up. Well, we got Ryan Leaf waiting. Uh, reminder, though, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, pro and college hoops throughout the year. You got up to the minute odds, stats, trends. You can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in game live betting contests and all the best player props. You can experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your, from your desktop or your mobile devices. So visit Bet Online today. Become part of the team. Use our promo code. Believe that's B L E A V B L E A V. It's a fifty percent, fifty five zero percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here. Well, uh, let's bring him in. Uh, number one pick or number two pick in the ninety eight draft. Stumbled out the gate just like that. Uh, of course, a legend uh, on the Palouse up Kinda there like me. in Wazoo. And uh, he's everywhere. He's omnipresent these days. I hear him on NFL radio. I see him on Good Morning Football. He's got the podcast rolling. You can get links to everything through his Twitter feed at Ryan D. Leap. We certainly appreciate you coming on, Ryan. How are you, man? I'm great. First big snow here. Uh, we just moved to the East Coast, so my son uh, learned how to make a, uh, a snowman today. It's, <laughs> I mean, I, if, if you want to talk about, like, innocence, innocence, yeah. it, it was yeah. – uh, it was pretty special, special. My wife had to 
had to yell at me and say, you got your one o'clock, get in here. So here <laughs> there we go. Well, we appreciate your wife for keeping you on schedule, Ryan. That's for sure. Just quick one on the snowman. Uh, what is this like? Is he doing the whole thing? Are you giving all that muscle uh, and giving him a giant body? Like, what are we talking about? Six foot, three foot? What kind of snowman? Uh, I'd, I'd probably say it's five foot. Um, oh. Yeah, and it was a good base. I did the base, but I let him do the body. And go. the head, and he started it, rolled it, and then we got him up. You know, I put it up there, and he shaped it when uses the rest of the snow as glue. We got like eight inches today, actually. Wow, nice. So it, it's it's we're we're packed in. They canceled school, uh, so we're uh, we're uh, we're having a blast. Right on, <laughs> Ryan. You're all in, man. Hey, long time no see, man. I remember those days at Washington, man. You you guys were beating you guys with like I think a minute left. They're playing down in they're playing us in Fresno, man. And okay. this guy puts this drive together. Trent goes down. We score, having a big game. And, God, they get that big pass into the game. Was that not a hell of a game, Fresno State and Washington? That was unreal, right? It, 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 it was. Uh, there's a lot of great college games, uh, you know, that, uh, that we got a chance to play in. Um, um, I remember them well. Anytime we could win, anytime we could, you know, <laughs> compete, I think was it was special. No, Ryan, you look um, – you know what, before we get to the Chargers, just as someone who's, you know, one of the all-time greats in the history of the Pac-12 conference, uh, is that thing's set to to go away? You know, I mean, we're here in Southern California. It's it's weird to think about USC and UCLA and the weekender is gone. No more trips up to, to Cal and, and Stanford for these teams. Just kind of your thoughts of, of you know, what it means to you personally that the, the Pac-12 has fallen apart and, and teams are scattered, especially for, for Wazoo it's it's incredibly disappointing you know uh to to see a pac-12 team actually get to the national championship this year too uh, i think speaks volumes to what the the conference is capable of so uh you know i put i I lay this at the feet of of the executives uh the presidents of the universities ultimately they make the decision around uh a spreadsheet that's laid in front of them and and i can't fault them for that i mean their job is to make yeah, their job is to make schools money. It's just disappointing. Um, I don't think rivalries in terms of, you know, Washington, Washington State are still going to play against one another, Oregon, Oregon State. Um, I didn't look at us going down to USC or UCLA as a, a rivalry. You know, it, it was a game in conference that we had to play. So, um, you know, ultimately this is where it's headed. It's going gonna, it's gonna to become a, a national collegiate football league where there's probably, you know, 18 to 22 teams in each separate conference like the NFL. It's not going to be run by the NCAA. You're going to have a czar. You're going to have your own media rights deal. And I'd say that's probably two years yeah. from now. So, you know, it's it sucks that, you know, over the next two years, they can't keep that together. But this is this is where it's headed. It was unfortunate last year um, to see it end the way it did. But, uh, you know, all good things, I guess. Do you think this is sustainable when you think about what they're doing with NLI and, and how being able to pay guys 800,000 guys are getting look, do you do you think this weakens also the NFL brand just in general with everything that's going on? What's your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't think it it, it 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 alters the NFL brand at all. You know, they're still going to get the, the cream of the crop, the best players that they can get. They're going to draft and they're going to put on teams. They're not. Uh, what I do think is I, I think it, it's going to help the NFL uh, differentiate on who to draft. There were two quantifiers that I thought you could not value when a player was coming out of college to the draft. You couldn't quantify 
what life-changing money would do to you oh. and uh, how someone will deal with failure at the highest level. Those are two things you couldn't quantify. You still can't quantify the failure part of it because no one ever has been to the highest level until they get there and then struggle. The money thing is now very present, right? You are going to see how someone deals with life-changing money before they get to the NFL, before they go to a franchise where you invest even more money into that young man. And so I, I think it could go a long way in differentiating, you know, especially at the quarterback position, who you seal with a first round pick. It, it, may, people, it may make people move on from them in terms of how they <laughs> dealt with money. Um, you know, I think it would have gone a long way for me to, to see how it affected me in a negative way for the Chargers and to maybe have second uh, second ideas about, you know, whether I was a right fit to be, you know, at that age, the, the face of the franchise. So I, I think it would go a long way to helping NFL teams. As for the college part of it, that's why I said the, the National Collegiate Football League, that's probably going to come in about two years. That's that's what it's going to be. It's going to be the minor leagues of, uh, of, of the NFL. It's just going to be based in scholastic sports for some reason at yeah. college universities, which is odd and weird. And, you know, they'll be going to class. It's just, it's just not the model that, that, that we're headed to. Yeah. They want their colors. They want their fight songs. They want their stadiums on campus. You know, like you said, it's a weird, it'll end up being a weird marriage, but it will be the marriage that you, you have yeah. to have. Ryan, as we, uh, as we kind of flip it now to, to the chargers, um, you always hear, you know, the easiest way in the tournaments to win your division. Uh, it's been awfully hard for the teams in the AFC West, West to punch their ticket that way. Just what, you know, I, I know you've been watching the, the, obviously the game and all the teams, but when you look at the chargers, they got the number five overall pick. Uh, they got a lot of cap issues that they're going to have to figure out and restructure who stays, who goes. But what, if you had to build the team, you know, you have Justin Herbert, if you had to build the team to take down Patrick Mahomes. Like what, what do you need to try to knock the chiefs off? Well, I think they, they have defensive. I mean, I thought Tom Telesco did a, a wonderful job of, of, bringing in talent. And unfortunately, the brand of Brandon Staley was to be, I, I don't know if he ever truly knew what his brand was. He was so up and down in terms of decision-making yeah. that cost him. Two years ago, you know, the the decision to to go for it on fourth down in those games against the Chiefs cost them that. Uh, they could have been at the very top of the division. Uh, and then you have an instance where you play Mike Williams in a game that doesn't mean anything. I mean, these are all decisions. And I think the biggest and first step was to bring in somebody like Jim Harbaugh. I mean, I, I love this um, decision by by Mr. Spanos and his sons um, taking the next step. I think you bring in somebody who has familiarity with Southern California, with San Diego, of course, in his day with the Chargers, with myself. And um, I like the way he, he goes about his business. He's a professional football coach. He's from a football coaching family. He wants a chance to win a championship. He understands that he's got the quarterback to do it. Uh, and now you have to, you know, surround him with protection and you have to do the things that 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 Jim knows to be good. And, uh, you know, I've been I've talked to a few people around this and, you know, I, I made a comment a couple of weeks ago on Good Morning Football about, you know, they're a guy that they're 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 looking at is, is Saquon Barkley. And everybody jumped up and down around the idea of um, the cap situation. I, I, I get it. But if you talk to any general manager, if you talk to anybody who's worked in the front office, cap issues are, are 
if you want to yeah. fix them, you fix them. Push okay. It. It's, yeah. it's not, if you push it, you avoid years, you, you do whatever you kick the can down the road to win a championship. So if, if they want to get their guy um, and I think in, uh, in Jim Harbaugh's offense, Saquon would be in, incredibly valuable. He's going to cost more money unless you go get somebody like Blake Corm out of the draft, which is somebody he's very familiar with. There's a lot to go there, but I expect to, to see a very physical football team up front running the football and then using play action, allowing Justin Herbert to have clean one-on-one looks with his big-time wide receivers. That's what's going to make him so special. I really thought Kellen Moore and him were going to have a better connection. I just, I think from the start, it was almost a lame duck situation going into it for whatever reason. And uh, and now you have a fresh start. And, uh, you know, Justin's going to be coming off the surgery. Uh, he's going to be as healthy as he has been. Uh, hopefully him and I will get some golf in this summer and he can, he can lay it <laughs> out <go>. for me. <laughs> you know, Ryan, well, how do you change that? You're talking about hardball and his family. I was coached by his, you know, his brother down in Baltimore and, you know, no Jim Wells also, how do you change that culture? How do you go? Like you said, you thought Telesco did a great job of getting the talent, getting the, you know, getting the, the chef, the talent that he needed to, to, what is the, what is you think the biggest missing anomaly for, for success and why not success? You know, I, you, you probably get this and it's an easy explanation. This probably sounds cliche, but winning breeds winning. It just does, you know? And when you just aren't winning, um, you aren't tested and you don't know what to do in those moments. I mean, you look at the playoff loss last year. You just, you didn't know how to close in those moments and uh, it, it changes things. And Jim Harbaugh is a winner, period. He knows how to do it. He knows how to get things done and what to expect from his players in those moments. And he's going to practice. He's going to practice that. Guys are going to know what winning is when they step on the field in Los Angeles with Jim Harbaugh and how to finish games. And so um, for what we thought the AFC West was going to be two years ago, fell flat on its face again yeah. this second year. Um, everybody's chasing the Chiefs and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. You build what everybody thinks is a great roster. You still got to go out and do it. And no one's been able to do that. I called the Chiefs Raiders game on Christmas Day. And uh, after that game, everybody was so up in arms with the idea that the Chiefs, you know, the run was over. And I just kept looking at everybody. and I'm saying it it doesn't matter. They're going to win the West regardless. Okay, they're going to go to the playoffs which is where they live. It's where they eat. And it's exactly what they did. So it shouldn't surprise anybody. It really shouldn't. And the fact that people wanted to, you know, read their obituary, it, it's, there's, there's nothing I've seen in Los Angeles, in Las Vegas, or in Denver, that's going to change that dynamic next year. Now, someone can surprise you, right? Someone could do something really, really different. Uh, and you're and, and in my case, and in, in this specifically, I'm assuming in your guys' case, do you hope it's the, the Los Angeles Chargers with Jim Harbaugh in his first year? That's what that's what you're hoping. I know Justin has no fear going into Arrowhead. There's it, that's a rare thing to have. He doesn't. He has zero fear going into Arrowhead and battling Patrick Mahomes. And when you got a quarterback that's capable of doing that, that gives you a shot. That gives you a chance. Speaking of uh, of that, I mean, you know, the two of you have a relationship. You play the position. Perfect question for you, Ryan, on the spot. Uh, Charger fans on social media, I'm sure they've they've hit you up. They well, they, there's there's multiple groups. There there's actually kind of two. They want Malik Neighbors because we haven't had a fast elite wide receiver here since they've moved to Los Angeles. Um, 
or they want Brock Bowers. They, they, they love this idea of Brock Bowers. Sort of conventional, well, it wouldn't be conventional wisdom. Harbaugh wisdom to me says tackle. If you're the quarterback, uh, Ryan, you got Slater on one side and the number one tackle in the draft on the other. If they came to you as the starting quarterback, you want that, can take the top off wide receiver, the Brock Bowers elite tight end, or do you want that other tackle to pair with Rashawn Slater and maybe you got the best bookends in the league? Yeah, I want the offensive lineman. And uh, uh, I think you have elite wide receivers already there. And I, I get it. You know, Quentin Johnston did not live up to what could be possible, right? Zay Flowers was drafted after him, had a great year in Baltimore. Uh, I still think there's a lot of great football in Quentin Johnston. I really do. And I know how difficult it is when you had a, a tough year and people are throwing a lot of stuff your way, but he's surrounded by some really great veteran wide receivers. Now, I don't know if they're all going to be able to stay together because of the cap situation and everything, but Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, you know, you know Guyton, it, those are, Josh those Palmer, are guys. Yeah. yeah. Those are guys that can, that they're, they're difference makers. Okay. They are. And so um, I get it. Brock Bowers is a, is a stud. I like your tight ends too. You know, I think those guys do a, a tremendous job for, for Justin. He looks for them when he needs them. So I'm going tackle and it may be boring to people, but guess what? Jim Har is going to Jim Harbaugh is going to be, he's going to be the interesting one. He's not going to make everything else that's going around Los Angeles more interesting than, than his eccentricities. That's, that's where you're going to get your nuttiness. And I think that's a great place to get it from your head coach. Not going to get it in the front office. You're not going to get it uh, on your roster. You're going to build the best possible roster you can. And that's to protect number one. And how do you protect number one? It's not by the receiver because the receiver, if you can't throw it to him, cause you don't have enough time to throw it to him. It doesn't matter who you have out there running around. I mean, the guy's the facilitator to these great wide receivers. And I think that's why you'll never see the, the wide receiver be an MVP again or ever. There's never been an MVP who's been a wide receiver. There's been a kicker, figure that one out, but there's never been a wide receiver. And it's because they have, they have somebody who facilitates everything. Like if, you know, you flat out go out there and go, I'm not throwing, you know, this guy's going to have a tough day. I double team. I'm going to throw him the ball all game. He's not going to catch a ball. So um, I, I'm all in on, on, on picking the most valuable offensive lineman, tackle, anything to protect your franchise and Justin Herbert. When, you, when you're at the quarterback position, how do you go through or make a receiver better? You know, quarterbacks, you saw Wes Walker, what he was able to do, Amendola, what they were able to do with Tom Brady. What is it that the quarterback has to do to get that belief or get guys that are just average guys and turn them into superstars? Well, you know, if I'd have known that secret, I probably would have played a lot longer in San Diego. I can tell you that much. Um, You're the best. I, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I find that um, relationships, um, getting to know someone and how their, their mannerisms and their bodies work and go. Um, if you look at the relationship between Kelsey and, and Mahomes, if you look at the All-22 half the time, Kelsey is is not running the route that I think is is schemed. I think he ultimately is improvising and finding whatever void. And Patrick Mahomes understands it and knows what he's going to do. Because, you know, even for the novice eye, my wife comes into the room and she watches football sparingly and when she wants to with me. But, you know, she'll go. She has the simplest answer for everything like like. How does Kelsey get open every single time? You would think yeah. the guy that has as many receptions, maybe one of the guys tight ends out there, you would cover him, right? You would put maybe one or two guys on him because he doesn't do what you know what you expect him to do. So that's all about relationship. 
And so you develop a relationship. And I think Justin has developed an incredible relationship with everybody in that wide receiver room and continues to. There's a reason why he kept trusting Quentin Johnston last year. He knew what he was capable of doing. And he just is asking for more. And if you the belief in someone, and I think this speaks to the Chiefs championship run, uh, MF, MVS was absolutely beat down all yeah. year long. And he kept trusting him. And he had a touchdown in the Super Bowl. He had the biggest catch to seal the game in Baltimore. Uh, you know, another big one at uh, the probably the biggest catch of the game at Buffalo. There's a belief there. There's a trust. There's a familiarity. And when you have a quarterback that has that belief in someone and that has that relationship, building relationships contribute to that. I really do believe that. Last one from me, Ryan. So you get back out there uh, before that top hat goes on the snowman and he goes away into town. Um, Derwin James, as, as a quarterback, when you're looking across the, the line of scrimmage, where are you most concerned? Because Brandon Staley tried to play him everywhere, and I know he can do it. I just don't know if that's the way that you should do it with him. Like, if you were, if you were taking that snap, where would you be most concerned that Derwin James is lined up? Uh, at the linebacker level. That's that's my biggest fear for him, with him because he can do so much from there. He can spin into a safety look from there. He can come down and kind of be a robber underneath where you're looking to layer the ball, and then he can blitz. Um, you know, he is the original Kyle Hamilton. He is the original, uh, you know, Trent McDuffie, essentially, which was what you want from these guys. You got to want a guy who who is is football savvy, who can get to the quarterback, can drop in coverage, can cover uh, elite wide receivers. And Derwin James does all of that. So I understand why Brandon Staley wanted to do what he did. Um, and I would expect to see something similar. Um, I, I would expect to see him near or at the line of scrimmage a ton. Um, and, uh, and then drop it in coverage too. I don't, I don't, he's just so big and physical. It, 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 it's, it's, it's amazing to see that he can run at that size when he gets on the back end. And, and that speaks to the, vol, the, 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 the talent that, that Tom Telesco put together there. I mean, he, I mean, there's talent everywhere. And, and they just got to rein it in with the right culture, the right uh, coach. And I think they've done that. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see the, this rendition of, uh, uh, of the Chargers step on the field next year. Well, you can follow him. Uh, like we said, get to all the things he's doing through social media, uh, the podcasts. There are there are many, and uh, the appearance has started here. Media. Started you know, here, yeah. believe, believe, believe. You know, yeah, uh, exactly. The dub. So uh, certainly appreciate you, Ryan. Um, are you just last thing on the snowman? Will you will you get the hose out? Will you get a little water on there? Create a little bit of an ice shell on it, or you just kind of let the snow do what it is. Do what it I does. think nor I think normally, you know, you know, from the expertise of growing up in Montana, yeah, right. there would be a little there. I'd probably bring out a bucket uh, and just, uh, you know, kind of give it a sheer. <laughs> but this snow today is about as heavy and wet as you can imagine. And uh, I have a little fear around some of these trees falling on like electrical lines and stuff like uh. that, and, like cutting out power around these spots. But I, I yeah, I don't need to do that with this. Sun's yeah. supposed to come out tomorrow, heat it up, freeze it. It's going to, you know, Mother Nature's going to take care of all of go. it for us. Yeah, <laughs> He's got it dialed up. Yeah, he's got it done. A nor'easter. Uh, you're, I don't know if it was your first nor'easter, but a true nor'easter for, uh, for Ryan Leaf today and some great content. We certainly appreciate it, Ryan. Thank you.
You bet, fellas. I really appreciate it. Good to see you both. Well, certainly, Low, as you know, we move forward through the offseason. Super Bowl is over. You know, today is what, the 13th? 13th. I'm leaving in uh, I'm leaving in 13 days to go to the Combine. So oh. Combine is next up. You know, well, even before that, though, we're going to get a little bit more staff. You know, we got Chris O'Leary now, the outstanding secondary coach at Notre Dame who, who helped develop uh, JOK when he was doing linebackers. And, uh, of course, Kyle Hamilton helped turn him into one of the best safeties, if not the best safety in all of college football. He's now being added. To, to Jim Harbaugh's staff, and uh, it's a it's an incredible staff. I, I think that's that's something that you heard Joe Ortiz, you know, point out, and Jim Harbaugh point out. Hey, you know, number one of, uh, item on the agenda, we got to get our staff figured out, and then that way you can start evaluating players that are going to perform in the system and the type of football that we want to play when it comes to the draft, free agency, uh, and everything that goes with that. But you had O'Leary to all of the other, you know, to Greg Roman, to obviously Jesse Minter, to Devlin, who was hired to do offensive line. I'm hearing a, a couple other names out there. I can't say anything specific, but just could not be more excited uh, about one of the names that I heard that sounds like it's going to get done and it's going to be added to this staff by the time. And you'll know exactly who I'm talking about, Low, by the time this thing, but uh, when you hear the announcement and, and by the time we show up here next week, they are sparing no expense and they are putting together one of the most impressive staffs in all of the NFL. Oh, they want to compete and they want to compete now. And then you shoot, you, you heard our boy Leaf talking about, hey, look, Saquon Barkley, you know that he's a big physical yeah. type of back is going to be on the market. You know, Derrick Henry's out there, going to be out there. So, you know, Harbaugh, like you've been talking about on every show, if Harbaugh, you know what he wants to do. He wants to have a physical running game. He wants to go play action. He wants Justin's percentages to go through the roof. And how do you do that? by having a physical dominant run game. So the coaches and the players and the things that Harbaugh is doing, he's building, he's building a culture. And we know that this is some of the things that the Chargers have been missing and lacking. And this is what they want to do. And that's what Ryan Leaf talked about. Hey, look, bring in this coach. You know that his attitude, his personality, what his character, how he's going to do this. And he said, he is a winner. You've been saying it. We've all been saying everywhere Harbaugh's went, he's won. But he's done that because he has also good staff around him to make sure they, you know, implement what he wants. Yeah, you know, now Greg Roman and on the offensive side is the OC, one of the best run game designers uh, anywhere in college or the pros for for that matter. I'll I'll leave it at this as as we get out of here. Well, I think the the one thing I want people, if you take nothing else away from from this last you know bit of conversation, just listen to the quarterback. We all want the shiny toy. You know, the fans want the wide receiver that can that can break the 75-yard touchdown toss. You want the tight end in Brock Bowers that's supposedly the greatest tight end that ever played in college football in the last 10 years. What does Ryan Leaf want? He wants the tackle. Protect me. I'll make the receivers better. I'll make the throws. All I need is time. Give me the pocket. Uh, give me a run game because now I've got tackles that can knock dudes back off their blocks and – and let's run the ball. That gets play action going. I can make do with everything else. Get me the tackle. And, and I think it's good to hear it from Jim Harbaugh, who pointed it out in his, uh, you know, his initial presser, like, you have got to protect the quarterback at all costs. That is the franchise. That is the engine that makes it go. He touches the ball on every play. Got to be protected. 
You just heard what Ryan Leaf had to say. You know how they do it in Baltimore, how they've built that offensive line with either, you know, investing a ton of money in free agency or high, high draft picks, a first round pick on a center. Obviously, Ronnie Stanley was a first round pick. They've invested heavily there. And and I think that's going to continue to be a theme as we work our way toward the draft and the way they're going to put this thing together. Couldn't agree with you more. And you have to. You build in the draft and you build in the trenches. You build baseball. You build catcher, pitcher, center field. In football, yeah, do you want to make sure you have your center? You want to make sure you have your quarterback, middle linebackers? So I think this Chargers, they're building for middle out. I love what they're doing. Yeah, a lot of excitement. I know the Chiefs won and that is no fun. But hey, look at it this way. Uh, Why not be able to knock the champs off? You know, they've dominated for so long. Instead of seeing the 49ers do it, how about the Chargers do it in 2024? Looking forward to next week. A huge thank you to Ryan Leaf. Uh, and uh, and obviously, there's still a lot of reason for excitement. Continue to watch the breaking news surrounding the staff and around all the heat as we get closer and closer to the combine and, and pro days and the draft. We're going to continue to bring you great content on Believe in Chargers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.